Welcome to the BioCurious Podcast, a place for you to be curious about your biology and discover new ways to upgrade and optimize your mind, body, and human performance. The guests on this podcast are trained experts in the fields of functional health, holistic wellness, and biohacking who share my passion to provide useful and actionable information with all of you that I hope will help you to live your best life. I'm so happy that you're here, and I'm excited to get curious together. Today, I'm super excited to have Elizabeth Clark, also known as Experimental Betty, on the podcast. She is a self-healing expert, published scientific author, intuitive, and certified integrative nutrition health coach. She did her undergrad in dietetics and chemistry, then worked as a prenatal and pediatric nutritionist before getting her master's in nutrition science and biomedical research at FSU. She's here today to talk to us about self-healing and her journey in using natural and holistic medicine to heal from lupus and manage her anxiety and depression. So Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here. Maybe you can get us started by telling us a little bit about your personal journey and also how you got started working in the self-healing space. Sure, yeah. First of all, thanks for having me. This is really exciting. Um, <laughs> so my, my healing journey um, really started when I was in my undergrad. During my first year of college, I was trying to manage my depression, anxiety, and I'd even had issues with addiction as a teenager. And I had been on lots of psychiatric medication. Of course, none of that, you know, really did anything for the issue because, you know, there are physiological issues that underlie things like that. So at the time I had quit all of my medication cold turkey and I was introduced to the idea of using nutrigenomics to heal from mental illness. And it was actually one of my professors in an abnormal psychology class that um, you know, brought this up for me. So my first endeavor into self-healing was actually using epigenetic regulation to heal from you know, those types of issues, anxiety and depression. So, about a year after that, I was diagnosed with lupus and I set out to do the same thing again. You know, after the shock wore off, I was kind of like, well, if I did it the first time, why can't I do it again? There has to be some sort of epigenetic component to this. So I just dove right in. I knew that my paternal grandmother had lupus. So I figured if I can kind of have an idea of what gene or, you know, group of genes is making me susceptible to these things, then maybe I can heal it that way. So had my methylation pathway tested and dove right into PubMed and just spent every, you know, free waking moment that I had researching this. And at the time, I was working as a nutritionist for um, women, infants, and children. So during the day, I would, you know, be around all of these women dealing with similar issues. And then I'd go home and, you know, deal with my own. And I realized I wanted to be doing something that was like personalized medicine, something that was a more functional 
approach because I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be perpetuating this cycle where we're treating everyone the same and just giving people medications. And when I was actually diagnosed with lupus, the doctor who diagnosed me came in all nervous and just said, well, it looks like you have lupus, but don't worry with the medications that are out now, women are living past their forties. And I was just oh like, my gosh, no, wow. I don't accept that. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't imagine. That must've been terrifying. It was. And I actually didn't even know what lupus was. I had no idea that my grandmother had it. So all of this was just like information overload at the time. <laughs> so, um, Within a year of me having my methylation pathway tested and looking into how to heal from autoimmune disease, I reversed all of my biomarkers for autoimmune disease. So uh, after a year of that, I didn't have lupus. (laughs) That is an incredible story. And I love that you didn't just accept your diagnosis. You said no. I understand my biology and I understand that there are things that I can do to it to heal myself. And so it's incredible that you were able to do that yourself. And really there is no better way to learn than to learn on yourself before you go and teach others. And that's kind of my, uh, my approach as well. Yeah. I could not agree with you more. You really have to to be there and be motivated by your own, you know, self-preservation and, (laughs) you you know, you you have to have that motivation to really understand the mechanisms behind it. So maybe some of our audience that might not know what nutrigenomics is or epigenetics, do you want to explain a little bit um, what that is and how you used it for your self-healing? Yeah, absolutely. So Um, A little bit of background, Um, a few decades ago, we thought that genetics were probably the answer to everything. So we started this huge research project, the the Human Genome Project. We thought we were going to get these really awesome results. And what we found was just kind of this like really anti-climatic realization Mm -hmm. that um, we don't have that many genes really. So we started looking for more answers. If we're all genetically, you know, about 10% different, then why are we so different in phenotype and, you know, disease um, presentation? And what we discovered was that it's actually a combination of genetics plus environment. So your environment can modulate which genes you're expressing. So you may have a gene variant that predisposes you to a certain disease, but if it's either methylated or acetylated, then we can um, either present with that susceptibility or not. And Mm -hmm. that is epigenetics in essence. So your environment is what controls your genetic expression And your environment can be anything. It can be your outside environment. It can be your food that you put into your body, the light that you're underneath all day. It can be the thoughts in your mind, the trauma that you experience. All of this is environment and it all affects your genes. Yeah, that's a great description. And I completely agree. The whole idea around biohacking is really to 
change your environment, both internally, which might have something to do with genetics and your biology, and externally, like you mentioned, um, can be where you're living, if you're exposed to toxins, anything like that, that really have a major impact on your health outcomes and your, your mental health and your wellness overall. Um, so I love that, you know, you combine both of those to really hone in on what your body needed, because you're right, it is, it's very much individualized. And so there's not one clear path and one clear intervention for everyone. You have to really understand the person's environment plus their internal biological environment as well. So I love that you kind of combine both of those in your self-healing journey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to get creative and once you start digging a little, it's just like Pandora's box is open. <laughs> right. You really understand how powerful these, these holistic health interventions really are. And it really is important to be holistic and look across the spectrum of your lifestyle and your habits and your eating and what you're putting in and what you're putting out. And like you said, even your thoughts can really affect your health. So tell us a little bit more about your healing journey and, and kind of how that evolved. I know you started out and you were very sick. And then as you worked your way through, you felt better and better and had more energy to kind of work through this. But how did you get through that initial phase where you're just kind of feeling crappy and you're not motivated and you still have to do all this hard work to heal yourself? Yeah. So that's, that's a tough one. Um, when I had healed from lupus, I really felt like I was just at the top of my game and I started grad school. I moved from South Carolina to Florida and um, I was in a really psychological stressful environment and a really physically stressful environment because we had clinical studies going on. So we would have like three or four clinical studies going on at one time. So we had actual human participants that we had to show up for. And I had classes too. So I, I ended up being in the lab probably 12 hours a day five days a week and I started getting sick again and I was like how is this possible and I went and got my ANA tested again which is um, one of the first biomarkers that they look for with autoimmune disease and it was still negative mm. and I, I just couldn't figure it out because it felt like it was related to my immune system so I kept digging and kept digging and eventually my intuition really led me to look at mold illness. Mm. And the more I looked, the more I felt like this is definitely what's going on. If, if your viewers aren't familiar with mold illness, it's also known as chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And it's the same disease process as chronic Lyme. The symptoms are almost identical to multiple sclerosis. So it is a very heavy set of symptoms that you're dealing with. So um, at first, I was just pushing through as best I could. Mm -hmm. And you just feel and see your body fall apart. And it's, it's one of those things where like, I personally can't have caffeine. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't have anything to, to give me energy. I mean, I can drink decaf coffee. So, 
you know, using biohacks, like putting some like brain octane oil in there, that would give me a little bit of energy. Um, using, you know, certain amino acids would help. L-carnitine was a lifesaver for me. For a lot of under methylators, anyone who knows that about themselves, L-carnitine can give you some, you know, natural cellular energy because it, it just does what your body isn't able to do very well. Um, so you're not really adding anything on top of your normal processes. You're just bringing them back up to where they should be. Um, so I was doing things like that. I, um, I became a bar instructor. I had zero energy. <laughs> I have like really severe scoliosis. Like I just knew that like, I, it was something that was going to be really, really hard for me, but if I could do it, then it would really like, it would really get me through that initial phase where I wasn't really making that much progress healing. Yeah. And, um, so I did it. And I think the combination of just getting outside of my box and doing something that was like extremely challenging to me. And when I say extremely challenging, it was more challenging than research and all of the things that I thought I wanted to be in life. <laughs> Actually doing something that physical was way harder for me at that point in time because I really didn't have any energy. But the isometric movements from bar, the coordination that you have to do with your movement and your words, the timing of the music, all of those things actually had a profound effect on my mitochondrial energy. So that went a really long way. I was really hitting the nutrigenomics hard, thinking that if I can just put enough stuff in my body, I can figure this out. And I really came to realize that it wasn't just nutrigenomics, it was epigenetics as a whole. So there, are, there have to be other things involved besides what you're putting into your body. I started doing the ketogenic diet, so I was putting myself into dietary ketosis, and then I was using exogenous ketones to put myself into an even deeper clinical ketosis. And then it evolved to me doing intermittent fasting, which was one of the hardest things I have ever done. <laughs> so yeah, um, I got to a point where I was kind of keeping my head above water. And then I, um, I got a lot sicker after I moved from Tallahassee to Tampa because moves are just hard, you know? And um, it was actually during my dietetic internship. So my preceptor down here basically said, don't come back. <laughs> like, you need to take care of your health. And the building I was in for my internship was making me sick because I was in a basement of a really old hospital in a flood prone part of central Florida. So that was really like the moment when I realized like, I can't do this on my own. I need some sort of guide. I need some sort of like real clinical intervention. And um, I found a doctor here that was doing ozone therapy and I did IV ozone and steam ozone sauna for a year while I was still doing these other things, intermittent fasting. I graduated to some more extended fasts. I was still doing ketosis, um, basically everything that I had done before to keep my head above water, 
I continued doing. Plus I added some really heavy hitting things and I didn't even realize until afterwards that everything I had done was activating one specific protein, PGC1-alpha. That's known as your self-healing mechanism. So all of these things that I had spent all of this time and all of my resources on was really just to do one thing, and that's activate my body's ability to heal itself. So you just mentioned the self-healing mechanism, also known as the self-healing gene that you can turn on with specific, you know, health interventions and, and holistic approaches. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about the self-healing gene and how you teach your clients now through coaching to turn that on for themselves? Yeah, definitely. So um, this, this gene basically feeds into several pathways that in combination control your metabolism, your aging, your antioxidant response, your anti-inflammatory response, not just, you know, for weight loss and looking younger, but for actual like cellular regeneration, mitochondrial biogenesis, just everything that you can think of this, this one protein feeds into those pathways. So on a mechanistic level, when you are activating PGC1-alpha, you're doing it through things like thyroid hormone and sirtuins and cyclic AMP. So all of this is very bioenergetic in nature. So because it's metabolism and metabolism is at its core bioenergetics, but in terms of actual techniques that you can do to activate your self-healing mechanism, there's seven or eight techniques that have a ton of evidence backing them up because we can actually test activation of the PGC1-alpha protein. So we know for a fact by looking at the research that doing things like being in ketosis and fasting and certain types of exercise like high intensity interval training and certain targeted nutrients including l-carnitine actually activate pgc1 alpha which then feeds into you know nrf1 and nrf2 um pp ar gamma alpha and beta so all of these things that control everything that a biohacker is trying to control you know really come from pgc1 alpha and it's not as um as gray as the rest of epigenetics this is one of those things that you can actually see in the research it is actually testable that is super interesting and i've actually never heard anyone put it in those words so i love that you're combining biohacking and holistic health and functional health and nutrition and all of these things to really activate that self-healing gene and then teach others how to do the same that's amazing um what is a go-to intervention or health approach that you take with your clients that you will say you know no matter what you should do this first or is there something that's like a best practice or a favorite um, to really boost this response in your body? Yes, 100%. So 
the first chapter, the first um, lesson in my self healer program is about mindset and muscle testing because all of these things you can read in the research. Yes, they've done this, you know, to a significant degree in this number of participants or whatever, but you don't know if it's going to do that for you. So the first thing you have to do is get to know yourself and understand how to read your body's kinetic response to an intervention and not just to the intervention itself, but to the dosing or the timing. So, um, you know, we tend to think that more is better, especially in the U.S. And so I have a lot of clients come to me on a lot of supplements already and doing a lot of different things to try and heal their bodies. And what muscle testing allows them to do is take a step back and actually discover what their body needs in that moment. Because what I didn't realize for a long time, and what most people don't realize, is that treating chronic illness is like a game of Jenga. You can't just go in and start pulling out everything all at once, willy-nilly, like, I think I need to treat this because it bothers me the most. That's actually not going to be conducive to self-healing. What you have to do is find a way to listen to your body, which is the only thing that can tell you what you need to treat first and how you should do it. You might think, well, you know, I feel like I have parasites. I'm going to do this parasite cleanse and I'm going to start with this one and rotate to this one. And once you learn to muscle test yourself, you'll see that, you know, maybe it didn't work because that was not what your body needed. And yeah, it had great research behind it. So <laughs> it, it doesn't necessarily translate to what you need. So what my job is, is to put all of the research in one place and to, you know, make it concise and understandable and relatable and to say, this is what the research says is going to be beneficial for this, this, and this. This is the dosing that, you know, was beneficial in the research, but I'm going to teach you how to muscle test yourself so you can figure out which is going to work for you and at what point in your healing journey it's going to work for you. And then on the other side of that, the mindset side would be um, getting to know your trauma and getting to know what you need to let go of to heal. Because after I had healed from mold illness the first time, I thought I was unbreakable. And I ended up having to go back into a moldy environment to finish my dietetic internship. So for the first five weeks, I suspected there was mold, but I didn't have chronic inflammatory response syndrome from it. So I was like, okay, this is great. I am so resilient that I'm not going to get sick again. And I watched the Netflix series Afflicted, which is a docu-series where they follow some people that have mold illness and other kind of invisible illnesses. And it triggered this feeling that I hadn't had since I was sick. And that was the trauma of being chronically ill, the trauma of having a illness that most people don't believe because they can't see it. And the trauma of not being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel and just like full on despair. And that trauma 
activated my susceptibility to the mold. And I had to go five more weeks in a moldy environment with full-blown chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And I actually confirmed it with blood work before and after. So the power of knowing your trauma and working through it proactively is something that will not heal you by itself, but it's something that you have to have a system in place for from the very beginning, because what you want is sustainable. You know, you don't want to always be checking your environment everywhere that you go. Yeah, that's, that's such an important message. And, and to everyone out there who might be beginning their self-healing journey or wanting to start their self-healing journey or wanting to get into biohacking for specific health outcomes, um, I think it's very important to either do your research first, you know, just like Elizabeth did, hop onto PubMed, do all your research. It's going to take some trial and error. It's going to take time, years in your case. Um, or you can work with an expert like Elizabeth or like me or like others in our field who can really guide you through these processes and who have already done the research and have already experienced these things. So if there's any listeners out there that are interested in learning more about self-healing or the self-healing gene, or if they want to work with you specifically, where can they find you? Um, well, I find most people that I connect with as clients on Instagram, actually, just putting my story out there. Um, people will find me. So that, that's a great place to connect with me because direct message is something that I'm going to be checking every single day. So always, you know, social media, Instagram, especially experimental underscore Betty. But um, you can also go to the selfhealerinstitute.com and you can see the actual curriculum for the self-healer program as well as my other two programs, the one that um, helped me heal from depression, anxiety, and addiction. And then I have one that's just the gut healing aspects of the self healer program. So it's a 60 day heal your gut program. And you can also find my blog at experimentalbetty.com. And you can find my other website at selfhealercoach.com. And you can always shoot me an email. <laughs> so my email is Elizabeth at selfhealerinstitute.com. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the BioCurious podcast today. If you found today's episode interesting, please feel free to leave a review. And also, I would love it if you took a screenshot of the episode and shared it on your social media so that others can find the podcast too. And as always, I love connecting with all of you and getting your feedback. So if you have any comments or questions about today's episode, please feel free to send me a direct message on Instagram. My handle is biocurious underscore Kayla. Looking forward to connecting with you and I'll see you next time. Thank you.